0: Hello and welcome to Parallel, a tech podcast with Accessibility Sprinkles. This is episode five for September 18th, 2018. And I'm your host, Shelley, with two great guests, as usual, but not the same usual two great guests. We always try to have different ones each and every show. And uh, my first guest is Micah Sargent, well known to Relay listeners, especially if you've listened to clockwise where i occasionally get to appear and micah is the weekly co-host he's also a senior editor at mobile nations and you do a lot of other stuff i think hi micah how are you
1: <laughs> i am doing quite well thank you so much for having me on the show
0: it's a pleasure i'm, I'm glad to podcast with you under less uh, signif- uh, significant time constraints than we have. Um,
1: yes, it block-wise. is nice to sort of, I feel like I can stretch, stretch my arms. Stop
0: yeah. talking right now, you're done. Oh, okay. <laughs> and my next guest, uh, for, for whom it is earlier in the day than it is for those of us in US time zones, is David Woodbridge, who is a Senior Accessibility Advisor at Vision Australia. Hello, David.
2: Hello, yes, I'm, I'm definitely here in Australia, and I actually did get up early for the keynote. Um, I'm, I know before we started chatting I said I didn't, but I really did.
1: <laughs> that was a joke. I didn't think so. You're so <laughs> tricksy. He was
0: trying to convince me that maybe he didn't even know that there was an Apple event this week. Just And you know, I'd be like, oh, I invited the wrong person. Sorry, I've got to go recast my podcast. <laughs> we talk about
2: Android, aren't we? Yeah,
0: right. Uh, so, so yes, in fact, David has uh, gotten to the point of our conversation. We're going to talk about this week's Apple event at which we were treated to new iPhones, new Apple Watches, and, oh, yeah, some operating systems, but mainly those things. <laughs> and uh, so I guess inst- we're not going to do the whole product litany that one does when one podcasts half an hour after the event. We've had a little <laughs> while to think about it. So what I'm really interested in is what sticks with you, what excited you, what you, what you missed, uh, that sort of stuff. And, and I guess we'll roughly go in order of the keynote. So, so let's talk about Apple Watch Series yes. 4. Who's excited?
1: I am. I'm so excited, Shelly. Uh, and I don't know if you want me to to just dig in. Dig in, Michael. I Micah. will here. Um, so, the day before the keynote, or rather the morning of the keynote, the early morning of the keynote, um, I had to go to the ER. Uh, I woke up in the middle of the night and I had this bad heart thing going on. And so I went to the ER. And once again, my heart had gone out of rhythm. And so I was dealing with uh, AFib and all the fun stuff that is involved with that. Um, Back in 2017, actually the day before my birthday in December of 2017, um, I went to the ER for the same reason. And you know, they did all the stuff that they do, and I had to wear like a heart monitor for a week and all this fun stuff, and I did all of the stuff that they suggested and I had not had one for so long that I thought I was past it. And so then that happened and I was like, great, this is back again. Um, So I tried to make a little bit light of the situation to, to joke that it was a little odd that Apple was going to be rumored to be announcing an Apple watch that had these heart tracking features. And that just so happened to be the morning that I had to go to the ER again for that. Um, but when that finally did happen, when they announced that the Apple watch series four was not only going to do, uh, heart rhythm tracking throughout the day, sort of passively, uh, and give you notifications about it, but that it also included an ECG an electrocardiogram for anyone who might not know, uh, that was exciting because when I got my, bill in December for the first time that I had to go to the ER, those ECGs, if I didn't have insurance, those would be expensive. Those would cost multiple Apple Watch Series 4s. And so this is just uh, an awesome thing that I'm really looking forward to having on my wrist and having there to sort of keep an eye on my heart now that this seems to be popping back up again.
0: That is really an amazing story. And I know you've talked before about being able to at least monitor what was going on with your heart with Apple Watch. You weren't able to track AFib, but, uh, I mean, that's— you hear the stories about Apple Watch saving lives, and it, it is even more a real thing now with the Series 4, it seems like. Yeah, they, they name-checked AFib from the stage, so that was, that was pretty cool.
1: Yeah. And the fault detection too. Um, I had just I just podcasted earlier today uh with Georgia Dow. Uh she's a little little known on the internet, um, but she was talking about how multiple people in her family have suffered falls. And in fact, her father was one who did suffer a fall and didn't have anybody around for quite a while to be there to help. And I've had lots of falls in uh, some of the older folks in my family. And I think that that is incredible that Apple is focusing on all of these different health things. You know, it's in one, in one sense, it is very marketable because of those things. But in the other sense, like it's still stuff that's helping people. And I think that's great.
2: One thing that was confusing me a little bit too, when they were talking about the fall detection too, is I'm assuming if you, you don't have a cellular apple watch you're going to have to have an iphone nearby for it to transmit what it needs um but my wife's prone to fall into so for me that was one of the most outstanding things about the watch being able to have the fall protection because the other thing that i thought was I, I don't go anywhere near just a straight gps watch anymore i mean my all our apple watches here at home are, are cellular so i thought if oh. i was going to update i would go to a series four purely on the fall protection um luckily we're all healthy healthy people here so um the you know, the heart rate uh, monitoring that sort of stuff didn't really grab me that much but the fall protection did mm. and the other thing here is i haven't seen anything on the media here in australia yet that actually says apple's got approval yet from the tga here in australia but which i'm assuming they have but um that'll be interesting as well interesting mm. yeah
1: is
0: the watch going to be available in Australia yep. at the same time it it's is in the U.S.? I didn't look that long. It is. Country. Yeah, so no, it you, is. you guys usually get it right yep. about when we, do. we get it here. Yep. The fall protection thing is interesting to me. My mother hasn't fallen, but she is older. She lives alone. And she has had a one of these – it's actually physically really large, and it looks like old technology. But it's a medical alert device that connects to her phone line, and then she has – a little thing that she can carry around with her or wear around her neck, which she freely admits she doesn't use, and we get on her about that, but (laughs) she is still a healthy, vibrant person who can make her own decisions, and I'm not one to try and make her do that, but she is concerned about that, and we got her an iPhone recently— we had tried a Jitterbug phone, which has a service that you can get with it, so that you can replace that medical alert thing and go directly from your phone to a, a monitored uh, operator uh, operator call center where they will get you help. Uh, the Apple Watch, though, she's that's something she's more likely to use. She's more likely to wear a watch. Now the cost is a concern. I don't, you know, if I tell her that it's going to be four hundred dollars minimum <laughs> for her to get a watch, uh, she's going to be. Pretty unhappy, and she's probably not going to do it. Uh, for my own peace of mind, maybe that's a Christmas present. I don't know, but uh, you're right about. It does seem like you're going to have to have a phone nearby. So if she goes to her mailbox, that could be out of range of her phone, even if she's not, even if she's on her own property. And so there's, you know, there, there are things of concern. But I love the idea of it, and I, I hope that's something that you know, continues to percolate its way down the
2: Apple watch. One thing line. that I was, well, the one thing I was confused about is if it does for protection, uh, or sort of, you know, so not for protection. I mean, as in before it'll do an alert. What I'm yeah. thinking about too, is how does it detect between a fall and perhaps somebody that's got epilepsy and is having a seizure and it's also on the floor? Cause you're also moving.
1: Yeah, that's actually one of the things that we had, uh that I was discussing this morning, because in that case, you know, if someone does fall in that case, that is something that, you know, you might also need help with. And what's... What they've done is, you know, programmed in all of these algorithms to try and figure out when a fall is, a, is really a fall and give you an option to cancel it if it's not a fall. But it will be interesting to see how I think that the fall detection is going to grow over time or rather change over time because they'll get more information as they get this out to more users and more people are, are getting it and, you know, reporting false positives and those kinds of things. And over time, I think that we'll see this kind of improvement prove and i think it'd actually be kind of fun uh something that i'm thinking about doing for mobile nations is like taking the apple watch series 4 to an amusement park and like going doing all these oh, different things idea. that could possibly be tested to see if it's a fall yeah so we'll see what you know what does get and what doesn't and uh over time i think that apple for those of you who, when you're presented with that prompt, that's like, would you like to send your anonymized data to Apple? And you say yes, uh, they'll be able to use that information to help make this feature even better.
0: I would think, too, that granularity of notifications is going to be important. And knowing Apple, that's probably a likely thing. So you would have a choice. For example, you could... Cancel or initiate a nine one one. You you have a fall, you get an alert. You can choose to make an automated nine one one call, or you could have the choice if you feel like you're going to have the capacity to do so. Or the alert could sound somewhere else. My mom and I are on a family plan, so I could get the alert, uh, and I would assume and hope that for that sort of thing, uh, you'd get some granularity and some choices in your notifications.
1: Uh, that's that's unclear to me because it depends on how your um your service is set up like the, the 911 service in the United States is different from how it might be set up in uh, Australia or in the UK. And I had just read something actually about a um, a change that's coming to the United States and our 911 service that will allow it to allow iPhones and of course Apple Watches and other people's devices to send along a more accurate GPS. Uh, Location whenever it does. Because the thing about emergency SOS is it does alert authorities, but it also alerts um, the contacts that you choose to put into it. So it will call 911, but it's also going to notify your emergency contacts. Here, here actually, it says uh, it calls 911, it notifies your emergency contacts, it sends your current location, and displays your medical ID badge on the screen for emergency personnel. It's unclear to me, though, when it says it sends your current location to whom they're talking.
0: I would assume that the first, maybe assuming is bad, but I would assume that to nine one one would be the logical thing, and or you could choose it or something like that. I mean, yeah, that'd be nice.
1: I mean, both would be great. Like if my emergency contacts get, uh, hey, this is where this person is, and nine one one does. I just know that depending on the nine one one system that's set up or emergency system that's set up, it might be more difficult to send more accurate GPS. locations. And so anyway, I hope that we update our systems as a country uh, as Apple has worked to make theirs more accurate and closer. That's
2: going to be interesting too, because I just hope to God it doesn't send a map reference um, and, as an image. <laughs> it's like, here's yeah. your friend. Please look at the blue spot oh, on the screen. It's like, geez, I'm a voiceover user. I can't see the blue spot on the little map.
1: <laughs> oh no.
0: <laughs> Speaking of things we see on the Apple Watch screen, uh, one of the things that is notable about the this, this Series 4 and, uh, well, with watchOS 5 is the amount of stuff on that screen. We have a bigger screen, edge to edge. We have a whole lot of stuff, a whole lot of complications. And, and David, you'll be amused by this, but uh, when the leak came out last week of the, the picture of the Apple Watch, uh, we were right about to do a accessibility roundtable uh, myself. And was it? Yeah, it was, I think that was it. It was one of those podcasts I do. I do a lot. I can't keep track. But it was it was myself and a bunch of blind colleagues. And so it was it fell to me to describe the face of the Apple Watch. And I was like, there's just a lot. Give me a minute. I have to (laughs) There are quite a number of icons. (laughs) So I I guess uh, from from your perspective, Micah, as somebody who can see it and and David is somebody who's going to have to navigate it with voiceover. What do you guys think of to the extent that you uh, what you know about it? What do you what do you think of the new look of the Apple Watch face?
2: David, you go first. Please. Look, I think, I mean, the eight complications uh, to me is absolutely fantastic because I have too many things happening in my life to ha- sort of spend time going through into the apps to use them on the watch. I'll often go back to my iPhone. So to have eight complications on the watch face to me is absolutely spectacular. Um, I just wish there was more. I mean, I could, I could, and I know the icons are very tiny anyway, but I wouldn't mind some sort of mode where it says, hey, look, if you really want to do it, let's have 20 complications on your upper watch face because to me i can then you know just touch on on the swiping screen like away. a maniac absolutely <laughs> yeah bring it on basically so you know the more icons the, the better i like it so um i mean to me that was the one of the besides the four the four stuff that
1: was for me one of the most interesting things about the um the eight complications on the watch face so i'm very excited about this new watch face and I so I I understand the, the argument about information overload I think that's very fair but when you think about This device that's on your wrist, and you think about what you use it for. I actually think that this makes sense. I wouldn't want to lift up my iPhone and then see the time and then see like 25 different complications all on that one display. That would be bothersome. But what I do right now, and this is like, this is a real life example for me. I have the carrot weather complication on the uh, modular face on the Apple Watch, and all I can see are the is the current condition, and it's shown like an icon, and then underneath is the temperature. But I often want to see more information about the weather than that, and so I have to tap it and then go into the app to be able to see it. By the time I've tapped it and gone into the app and the app is loaded and connected with my phone and this, that, and the other, it's a long time of me holding up my wrist. But if I am – like. Information overload, I think, is more of a concern if you don't know what you're planning on doing, like you lift it up and then you're like, oh, now I'm going to think about what I'm going to look at. But I, a lot of times for me, the when I'm looking at my Apple Watch, I know exactly what I'm looking for. So if I've got a, a face that's got, you know, the current conditions and then maybe like the UV index and really for me, it'd be like the allergen count uh, would be the thing that I'd want to see all I have to do is just lift up my wrist and I know that's the exact complication I want to look at. And then I just put it back down because I don't care about the rest of them. So I would love to have these all right there, right there available for me on the face where I don't even have to use my other hand to tap on anything because everything's available. So this is a cool face to me and I'm looking forward to trying it out.
0: So first of all, I would say that I found it really attractive to look at. Like if that was the first blush, it's like that is well-designed, that looks nice. I also felt like there was an awful lot going on. And I should say, uh, and I have said, I've found, I've spent, ever since the Apple Watch came out, I've been finding ways on podcasts to explain why I don't have one. And it comes down to the fact that I'm in this weird, low-vision, uncanny valley where I, I really don't want to use speech on my watch. I don't want to use voiceover. I'm happy to use it on the phone and on other devices when I need it. I'm, I'm a, an off and on user of that technology. But I want to look at my watch. It's the most comfortable thing for me to do. But I've always found that there was And I'm not speaking mostly of of complications in the past, but I'm not going to be able to read a text message on my watch. It would blow up. I'd have to blow it up too large to be useful. And I've just always felt like I was in this uncanny valley of can't really use speech, don't feel comfortable, feel like I can get the information I need using vision. And now they come out with this bigger face, which may not be... The bigger, bigger uh, display, which may not be from a fashion point of view exactly what I would like, although I have yet to go, I have to go see it. Uh, but at the same time, they've added all this complexity, all these complications to the to the screen, and so I am opening my mind back up because until now I was just like, no, I'm not doing that. It makes no sense. I have a a Fitbit that I, I get the time from, I get my steps from, and I get my heart rate all on one little screen. And that's about as much information as I have been using on my wrist for the past year that I've had this thing. But now I'm going to go <laughs> and look at this thing because I feel like it's, it's either going to be incredibly busy and it's not going to work for me, or it's going to be the coolest thing ever. So you never know.
2: <laughs> Actually, one question I've got too is that I, I hate the when you pick voice a voiceover, you hear it all the time. You go into the um, the apps on the watch, and it says loading image and you think oh god not again how mm-hmm. long is this going to take this time so i'm wondering with the series 4 and watch 5 watch os 5 whether we're going to have a decreased amount of loading time on the watch that it's going to be nice and snappy now
0: it's a good question i mean they they made a lot of points about the processor being faster but obviously you don't know how the new operating system is going to interact with them.
1: yeah because they both go at the same time, right? You're, you're improving the uh, what it can do and adding more to what it can do at the same time that you're putting in a new processor. So it's, it's hard to say. But I will say that um, I've been running... Uh, watch os 5 on a series 3 apple watch since wwdc and of course while it was hairy <laughs> in the beginning uh it's great now it it does already feel zippy and i think that you know we saw at wwdc apple talked a whole lot about focusing on making battery life better and making performance better all around with their uh operating system and that carries over into watch os as well Uh, where things do seem to be running a little bit smoother. But yeah, well, I'm, I'm, you know, with those more complicated (laughs) screens, then it is going to, I think, ding things. But I think what Apple in the end seems to be most concerned with over everything else is battery life. As long as they can hit that battery life goal that they have, then they sort of let everything else kind of fall in line behind that. And so with the, the new S4 chip and the battery that's packed in, fingers crossed that we we do see some improvements. Well, and
0: that was my other question about the, the well, not a question about this one, but my other concern about previous watches is I feel like if I can't wear it, for a full day. And I know people who have varying experiences. Some people go to sleep with batteries left and some people have to take it off and and charge it for a little while if they're going to run it a full day. And obviously that's different different devices. And, and so there's some variance there. But I think you're right. I think Apple, and this will come up too, I think, if when we talk about iOS 12, I feel like Apple is sort of settling on a nice relationship between the operating system and the new hardware and emphasizing what's important to most people, which is battery life. And I'm, I'm glad to hear that that's a, that seems like it's on the watch as well as on the phone, because that's definitely been my experience on the phones. David, have you been running the watch beta?
2: I have been, yeah. There's been a bit of a joke in um, the blindness world here in Australia for quite a long time with Watch, and this is back down to maybe Watch OS 3. Um, when Siri gives a like time that says, you know, it's a hair past a freckle or anything else, it doesn't give the time, it just says the funny remark. And it was only up till about uh, two beta cycles ago in Watch OS 5, it actually started giving the time. And the weird thing about it is they've got rid of the funny remarks and now it's just the time. So they've obviously couldn't do both at the same time. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, but there I just go. used to... More I functionality. To, yeah. I know. Actually, one thing visually that I'm, I'm a bit confused about um, is if the new Apple Watch is a 40mm and a 44, how does the new Apple Watch bands... Because they said you can still use the existing bands, but isn't it going to look a bit odd? Because the previous versions were like 38 and 42mm.
0: It's, I I don't, it's, it's not that much. I mean, I haven't seen it, but that's, it's not that much difference if you think about a couple of millimeters. And also I would just assume that the band is going to be a little, you know, look a little narrower relative to the watch, but I would imagine uh, that it would be fairly minor difference.
1: Yeah. That's what it seems to be most, mostly. Um, so we had two folks, uh, boots on the ground at Apple's announcement. And so we kind of got a little, we got to know a little bit more. Um, and The 44 millimeter, for example, is actually, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't, it's not a lot taller, but it is a little bit wider. And so the, because of the way that the watch screen is curved, uh, the case is also curved. So you can kind of imagine how they can figure out how to sort of curve it at the edges to keep that area where the watch band slides in about the same for the 42 and the, what was it? 30, 38, 38 and forty-two. Yeah, so that curve is what like kind of saves their saves their self there.
0: Anything else about the watch? Or you guys, especially since you've been running the watch beta, uh, maybe you feel freer to talk about some of the stuff that was in that that than you would have before the event. And I and I haven't been <laughs> running it, obviously. So let's talk about WatchOS five. Anything interesting in there, David? I think there's some. Voiceover improvements, aren't there? No, no, not really. No, no. <laughs> okay, ne- never mind. I did never ask that question. I never <laughs> did. Oh <I> no.
2: <laughs> but no, it's um, it hasn't changed. They've still got the normal stuff that's had previously. the 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 problem, what I've got with this all the beta stuff, is that you get so used to using the beta stuff, so iOS twelve and Mac and Watch and Apple TV and so on, you actually start forgetting what's beta and what's not. Yes, um,
0: I have that happen all the time. Yeah,
2: so I, I, I'm trying to convince my wife at the moment that I, I sort of need two streams. I need hardware that allows me to run the mainstream stuff, and then another set of same hardware that allows me to use the beta stuff so I can test b- both in both at the same time. haven't quite got there yet. Is that working yet. out for you? Uh, no good. <laughs>
0: <laughs> not, not so much. Nah. Well, you can always uh, you know, get, get her addicted to the same technology you are, and then she gets the release versions, and you get the betas, and then every once in a while you say, Can I compare... <laughs> Anything else? How about the watch hardware? So it's thinner. It's got a faster <laughs> processor. Uh, s- it's it's made out of fancy shiny sapphire and uh, ceramic. And I mean, I not I'm not again without having seen them. And I'm not a fashion plate generally. But uh, I mean, they look really nice from from the from the giant blowups in the uh, key in the keynote. But Micah, do you sort of have any any thoughts about? The watches themselves?
1: Yeah, well, I, w- I would like to, a couple things about um, WatchOS 5, other than just the, you know, the new phone. Oh, sorry, I didn't
0: give you a chance to answer that one. Go ahead. No, no,
1: that's okay. Um, <laughs> that's all right. Other than the, you know, the, the speed changing and things like that, I think that um, WatchOS 5, I feel like I can do more on my watch than I ever have been able to in the past. Uh, I used to have the Series Zero, and that in and of itself, oh, dear, of is a bit of an issue. Right. Oh. <laughs> um, with the Series Zero, I found myself not wearing it all that often because I genuinely felt like I was not getting that much out of it. And so it just kind of... it There was no reason for me to even... for Or realize, rather, that it wasn't on my wrist anymore. Um, with the Series 3 and WatchOS 5... I just the connection to everything seems to be better. The notifications have more information on them. Like I can genuinely do more with just what's on my wrist. I feel like Siri is better on my wrist. Uh, all of that comes together to make a better watch OS 5 experience. I thought I was really going to like the new walkie-talkie feature, but the way that it works, uh, you sort of turn on the feature, and then suddenly, anyone who also has walkie-talkie who knows you can just drop in at any time and sort of like send you a message. And that's weird to me. I don't, I don't know if I like how it's set up. I would want it to be sort of more like iMessage where you're just sending – because if you open up a, a message – or rather, if you open up messages on the iPhone and you hold the phone up to your ear and you talk – it will automatically record and send a little voice message to the other person. And then you can hold it up to your ear when they send one back and you can hear them. I would like it to work like that, where it's part of my messages transcript. But this is this whole thing where you set yourself as available and then someone can just sort of like, hey, I'm here, let's talk. Uh I'm, I'm not I'm not that about that. That would be a that.
0: disaster at conventions and conferences and things. Can you imagine? I mean, any Ugh. any place maybe you even work with people, you're in a cube farm or something, but I'm just imagining that what a terrible thing that would be at at a conference or even an Apple keynote.
1: Yeah, at an <laughs> Apple keynote exactly. I don't get it. Oh. Yeah, so it's thinner. Um I that was the one thing other than the heart stuff that you know, that was kind of rumored that I really was going to care about. Um, I got to see a photo, uh, someone had posted a photo of the 42 and the 44 right next to each other, uh, from like a side view and it is noticeably thinner than, so like the, the depth of the, the watch is, is thinner. And I'm thrilled about that because when I first saw the Apple watch, like way back in series zero land, um, Like when Apple announced it, and when we got to see the review units and stuff like that that were online with people doing reviews, I thought it was. A lot bigger than it actually ended up being when I got it on launch day and opened up the package and I was like, oh wow this is this actually is pretty small in a good way um, and so the one the only thing that I would change about it like I don't really have complaints about the size the only complaint that I have about the size is the depth of the the watch itself because it doesn't fit under uh, my sister got married recently and so I was wearing you know long sleeves with uh, cufflinks and all that jazz and I couldn't wear my Apple watch because it wouldn't fit under underneath the, the cuff and that was annoying
0: <laughs> yeah i'm not a fan of ch- like i can as a as a female i probably am happier with a bigger watch face than others of my gender maybe that's a generalization but i don't like chunky and i i like the idea that it would be thin and not even for aesthetic reasons just like physically comfortable i don't like the idea of something like bulky on my wrist that way so it, i'll be i'll definitely want to do a try on uh, but I, i'm I'm so excited. I'm gonna try on a watch. You never know I might get become a convert.
2: actually, the other one that I'm interested in trying out on the series four, two is the new uh, digital crown, which is actually no longer mechanical. It's haptic. Right. Um so I think but um, what I, what was confusing to me though is I'm wondering if the haptic thing is for pressing in of the digital crown rather than turning it, or is both is the haptic for both turning the digital crown so you're not really turning it, plus pushing it in?
1: Oh, so you're saying like, does it move at all? Versus, is that, is that what you mean? mean? Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, oh goodness, I we have to pour whenever we're writing about these things. We have to pour through the site, and I feel like I had read about that. Um, yeah. So they're they're showing it twisting, uh, and it's just that now it has this click as you scroll it. So it does look like it still moves, um, but but instead of just because. If if you have your Apple Watch, you're listening to this right now and you're kind of curious about it, uh, go to something that has uh, like a list view. So uh, an example of that would be like your messages app or your home app. And when you get to the bottom of a list, you will actually feel if you keep trying to scroll a nice little like bounce that happens. It's just giving you a little alert like, hey, you've reached the end of the list or you've reached the top of the list. Now, instead of the the haptics being part of that and no haptics for the actual movement of the crown, Apple decided to give a little bit of feedback whenever you are scrolling there. So it still does move, but now it just has some more fun uh, texture, I guess you could say, to go along with it. Yeah, And and, and
2: plus the other really cool feature too, the Series 4, and I'm I'm actually currently talking myself into getting a Series 4, damn. Um, (laughs) This
0: is going to be my next question. Uh, uh, I know. You guys were going to buy those. Exactly. So
2: because now it's 50% louder and they've also moved the mic away I believe on the other side to where the speaker is so if you want to do recordings with you know just press record or any other app running on the watch it's going to be absolutely brilliant because you'll be able to get proper stereo not sorry proper recording no feedback from the mic going back into the speaker vice versa and um, that to me is one of the great things because I know a lot of people use their Apple watch for recording notes and that sort of stuff on
1: yeah, yeah. Just press record is one of uh, my colleague's favorite uh, things. Just in general, she's she always used to talk about it. Um, so certainly worth checking that out. And I, yeah, the fact that they moved the mic was a very good idea.
0: <laughs> I can see myself doing that. I can. I don't usually take voice notes. I use dictation to make notes sometimes, but. I think I, I can see myself with a just-press-record, just, just something short on the watch that I could then go and process later on in some fashion. I'd totally do that. So both of <laughs> you guys think you're going to be getting Series 4s. Is this still up in the air?
1: Uh, to be honest with you, I was planning on getting this all along, but I didn't know when I was going to get it. And then somehow my finger slipped, and I'm getting one on Friday. <laughs>
0: Uh, uh, uh. I hate when that happens. Yeah,
1: I'm just like, can you just not move finger? I told you no. <laughs> so what? Tell us what you got then. uh So I was actually planning on getting the 40 millimeter because my wrists. I have I have gigantic monster hands. My hands are huge. uh It like that's one of the first things when people see my hands is kind of like, whoa, those are big. um So I kind of have gigantic monster hands. But besides that, I mean. Even though that's the case, I have pretty thin, small wrists, and I have the forty two millimeter apple watch right now, and it's pretty much like the height of the apple watch, the height of the apple watch is the same as the width of my wrist and so I thought, oh if I'm going to get the forty four that might be an issue. Well, there were two things that uh, came up whenever that I kind of made that the case one was that my colleague, Lori Gill, told me, well, they've actually taken it and stretched stretch it out width-wise, not so much length-wise or height-wise. And so that was not going to be as much of an issue. And also, if I got the 40 millimeter, then none of the watch bands that I have would fit the Apple Watch that I would be getting. So I had to go with the 44 millimeter because I wasn't giving up all of the watch bands that I already own. Oh, and it's in Space Gray.
0: Yeah. Oh, very good. Uh, and, and David, are you on the fence? Or are you slipping over the other side? What do you think you're going to do?
1: I'm probably still on the
2: fence a little bit. I mean, I've, got a, I've actually got two Series 3 watches and I've got about, Five series one watches god knows why um
0: <laughs>
1: my goodness yeah why
2: well you know you've got to have one for testing one for home one for work and one in case one you've got to keep in your bag in case you didn't put it <laughs> your on your
1: vacation and absolutely watch. that's <laughs> it you know and
2: you know if you go and watch the car it's easier than changing
0: bands you just that's it you just watches. change
2: your watch absolutely of course i do um <laughs> yeah I'm, I'm almost back i'm almost bad as renee i think i've got about 16 watch bands at the moment so um
1: oh my
0: god you're a junkie david do you have a problem you an intervention of some kind. That's why
1: you're, that's actually why you're here today.
0: Yes, exactly.
1: <laughs> Shelly and now I Now we can tell you. <laughs>
0: yes,
2: yeah, so I've got an Apple's anonymous uh, group right near me, so I might have to go and have a bit of a chit-chat, I think. But um, yeah, look, I'm still on the fence, because I just think, I mean, the fall protection's good. Um, like I said earlier, I don't really need the heartbeat one. Um, so we'll see. That would probably be the thing that would push me over the edge a little bit, but um it's still quite expensive because I prefer yeah. the stainless steel and the sapphire glass versions because I find the ionized glass on the sports watches, so sorry, the aluminum watches <laughs> uh, scratches a bit, whereas the sapphire one seems to be a bit more rugged. So if I was going to get any Apple Watch, it'd probably be the forty-four because that's on my band sizes for my forty-two existing one, and I'd still probably go, and I'd go for the stainless steel one. So I'm still looking at about let's say about seven or eight hundred dollars for the cellular one.
1: Yeah, my Series Zero um, that. Ion X glass, that was super, super, super scratchy. Uh, but I when I upgraded to the Series 3, um, this I have one scratch, but I don't have any other scratches. Like, you go back and look at my Series 0, and it's just a scratchy mess.
0: That seems to be a pretty common path, at least people I've talked to, from the 0 to the 3. And I'm curious to see whether they'll jump to the 4 or wait. I mean, it's 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 less predictable than phones, even, because... You know, people have all sorts of reasons for upgrading. But as I say, I'm I'm in the pool at this point. I don't know whether I'm going to go into the deep end, but I have infinite possibilities because <laughs> cool. I don't have to match any bands. But honestly, I mean, I'm a cheapskate. I always have been, and of of course, since I'm a cheapskate, I write about Apple a lot. That makes total sense. Uh, but <laughs> I just I, I'm having trouble pulling the trigger on a watch. Uh, but I'm gonna, as I say, I'm my mind is much more open than it has been in the past because I felt like feel like that there are some. Some reasons that I would enjoy. I I still, even though I could justify, you know, here, mom, here's a a watch that might be better for you when you fall. If you fall, then the medical or device that you have in your house that costs you $40 a month that you don't like. uh, I'm not even sure that that would. She has some technophobia issues. And so Mm -hmm. I'm not even sure whether it's going to be right for her. And those complications, uh, they might do her in. But um, as for myself, I'm still on the fence.
1: Interestingly, the we we talked about you know the ionx glass on the front, and I can't, I don't think we mentioned that Apple has switched to doing sapphire crystal on the back, sapphire crystal and ceramic on the back of all of the watch yeah. faces, regardless of whether you the oh it's all um, of them oh geez. yeah, yeah it's they, a, yeah they've all got sapphire crystal on the back, and I think it has to do with the uh, electrocardiogram and the way that they are able to. You know, detect an electrical signal through the new bit of that. So I think that's that's pretty cool because that's the part that you absolutely do not want to scratch because if it scratches too much, then those green LEDs cannot look at your red blood and see. Yeah.
0: So let's talk about the iPhone tens in their various iterations. (laughs) We have the XS, we have the XR, and we have the XS Max. Oh my goodness. Uh, I'll just throw it open. What do you guys think of this uh, line of uh, new iPhone tens?
2: Martha, you can
1: go first. I, 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 okay. I'm trying to be nice here. <laughs> oh, okay. Oh, dear. Um, this is so. I have
0: feelings, too. I can't wait.
1: <laughs> every single year uh, since iPhone 4, um, I have wanted, needed, nay, needed uh, <laughs> to upgrade. Each year, uh, I, I felt that need. I've been excited about the S models and the non-S models. And the, the I just always wanted to have the newest phone because there was something there that was really calling me and something that made me super excited. Uh, the iPhone 10, not the the tins, uh, but the iPhone 10 came around. And I remember getting the iPhone 10 and thinking, holy cow, this is a whole new thing. This is awesome. This is so much fun. This this feels like a a brand new toy to play with where maybe in the past the iPhones like there was always something new to to play with but not in the same way that the iPhone 10 was. I still very much like my iPhone 10. And so when Apple announced these the iPhone XS and the iPhone XS Max and I looked at them and I was like So wait, what's what's new besides a bigger screen? Like, what else do we have here? What's going on? And then they did this thing where they decided to show an iPhone 10R that comes in all these colors, including what I have decided to call hot blue because that phone is hot, like the blue phone, the iPhone 10R in blue. I'm a little bit attracted to that phone. It's very, it's hot. And I wish that I could have that, but also have it as a 10 S because that would be a reason for me to, uh, to want to upgrade. Now that said, I mean, we do have, of course, Apple always makes improvements to the, uh, the chips that are inside the cameras that are inside, uh, sometimes to the displays. And in this case, we do have the, uh, the, the, the option to have a bigger display, with the iPhone 10s Max, but, oh, and of course a new color, but I, I've never liked Apple's gold colors. So I don't know. I was, um, I was a little underwhelmed by the changes this time around and how much of it sort of seems to be a behind the scenes kind of thing that I don't think will translate well for the average consumer. Um, I mean, they literally spent, a really long time on stage talking about the new Bionic chip. And I was like, I thought this was the consumer event, not WWDC. So yeah, that's how I, that's how I feel. I'm mad because the iPhone XR has a hot model. And then this one is boring.
0: <laughs> See, I feel like the explanation in the market is going to be a real challenge. And I, the way I put it is, if you go into an Apple store, those folks are going to be super well-trained. But if you go into an AT&T store or a T-Mobile and you say, hey, I hear there's some new iPhones. Can you explain them to me? Wait, this bigger one is less expensive. And the (laughs) difference is it doesn't have a camera, but it comes in colors. And is it the XS or the X's or the what, what? I just feel like it's going to be hard for people who aren't geniuses. To explain it in a way that is meaningful to consumers, and oh by the way, uh, they're a thousand dollars and up, excluding the XR. <laughs> it just feels like a mess, and then the naming—I mean, oh, the I just naming don't is terrible. It. Having said that, I want a red XR
2: because <laughs> <laughs> it goes fast. That's why it's a fast phone. It's red. Oh yeah, that's yeah, that's funny. <laughs> I, I, actually, it's funny. I, I swore. I mean, my original comment to all the different models. I reckon. I reckon somebody in the uh, Apple production department or the marketing department must have been drinking lots of wine one day when they come up with those different model numbers because it's just <laughs> really confusing. Um, it's really funny. Um, I actually don't like the iPhone ten um, in general because oh. I just, I just. This is from a purely voiceover point of view because you've got to do more gestures to compensate for the fact. There I say we don't have a home button. Um, Apple's continuing its lovely relationship with the fact that we now have no 3.5mm headphone jack anymore at all in any of the phones. Um, but besides those two things, um, oh. the, the high-end max here in Australia, so the iPhone XS Max, is that the top model is actually $2,369 Australian. Now, I know lots of other things I can spend $2,300 on rather than a smartphone. So, to me, that price is you absolutely tremendous. get another horrendous. five Apple
1: Watches? More, yeah, I was oh. going to yeah, yeah. say that. That's it. <laughs> that's
2: it. Exactly. That's what, And that's going to be my argument. It's like, yes, dear, look, I'm not buying an iPhone XS Max. I'm buying a, a new Apple Watch Series 4. And guess what? It's about the third of the price of the iPhone. Um, so, yeah. So... I mean, the the one thing that did I guess attract me about the iPhone XS or Max would be the fact that it's got the dual SIM though. So the eSIM, oh, so yeah. you can have you know you can have your eSIM as maybe your work one, and your and your other normal physical SIM as the um, as the hardware one. But what I wish we could have the option that the Chinese got, which was you could have two hardware SIMs rather than having have
1: an eSIM. So I thought, oh, you And know.
0: I thought that's what we were going to get. Although yeah. that's what the rumors made it sound like. Exactly. I, just,
1: I don't know. I mean, unless Apple is like really trying to push eSIM to carriers which i don't think they're wanting to give up on because that's sort of their way to lock control it yeah i agree with you like it makes sense if they can make it then why not just make it for everybody because it, it's less complicated you'd think yeah because it's just physical because
2: i mean, i know what the carriers going to say well we don't want to need sim because it makes it too easy for people to actually switch carriers but i mean to me i wouldn't have to worry i could just take my you know existing two iphones iphone 10 and an iphone 8 and just you know whack the sim cards in and off i go so um, but, yeah, I, the other thing I found with that keynote, and, Michael, I don't like the fact that you said it was almost like a WWDC conference, was the fact that they went through they went through the features, then they had a video about the features, and then they went into technical specifications about the features. And I thought, guys, are you just filling oh. in time? Because I'm just, I mean, I'm a really geeky person, but I was getting tired at towards halfway through because I thought, yep. how much more triple checking do we need when you keep talking about all these different you know, the pixels and the, how fast the processor was and had the depth stuff in the camera. And it just went on and on. And for the first time in a keynote, I actually went away and had a cup of coffee and came back. Because <laughs> I just thought, this is just getting really idiotic.
1: <laughs> I agree. I agree wholeheartedly. I genuinely felt like, what was it, three demos? That's, they. why? Why are we doing three demos? It really did feel like they were trying to fill time. And I was not on board with that one bit. I'm going, I mean, as a as a journalist who is trying to get things out the door as quickly as possible uh, for you know folks that are looking up information about it, I dug the fact that we went from what was rumored at first to be a bajillion D products down to just iPhones and Apple watches. That was great in that sense. But as like the Apple nerd who wants to enjoy and have fun with a keynote, it did feel like it was just like, and we're doing this thing. And maybe we're putting lots of spaces between words. Uh, I didn't, I didn't like that, but I want to say, I'm really glad that you brought up David, some things that maybe a lot of people don't consider, um, which is the fact that with the home button gone, that is a, is a big change in terms of accessibility. And also uh, now that the, the headphone jack is missing and Apple is not including a dongle anymore in the iPhone XS and XR boxes and will stop including it in iPhone 8s as well. Um, those that, that that means something to folks and it means something to folks uh, maybe even outside of that who want to be able to use a headphone jack. And now it's just like it's kind of crummy because that's nine extra dollars for a thousand some dollar phone, that's kind of crummy.
2: And plus the and plus the fact to me too is like you know why why bung into a twenty three hundred dollar iPhone ten max thing, a five dollar sorry a five volt charger when I know quite well that those phones are capable oh. of actually doing fast charging. So come on guys, can't you at least give me a, yeah. a fast charger so I can really that's get the benefit of having this high end
0: phone. <laughs> I honestly, on the little dongle things, I was less concerned. I mean, and Apple will never do this, but I'm going to suggest it anyway because, you know, they don't do what I tell. I don't care. But I I don't care so much whether they include it in the box. But I do think that when you go to the Apple store or when you go – I'm thinking about retail, and I know a lot of people buy online. But when you – I'm just thinking about that retail experience. You go in and Apple says, hey, just want you to know you're not going to be able to use 3.5 mil headphones, headphone jacks. However, we have this little uh, bucket over here of dongles, and here's one for free for you. it
2: be lovely, wouldn't it?
0: I mean, they're $9, which is from from an Apple, relative to other Apple dongles and wires and things, is inexpensive. I really, you know, it's a
1: couple of inches long. The thing uh, is, they're not nine dollars. They probably cost the company like <laughs> a half a cent. Exactly. That's, right.
0: that's, well, that's why I think they should essentially be free, uh. whether they're in the box or whether they're just readily available. David, are you a Face ID fan or no? I've, I've I know there's a lot of disagreement in the blind community about that.
2: <laughs> no, I'm not a Face ID fan. Um, the problem for me, and, and and I keep talking about this, and people think it's just David Woodbridge being his techie ratbag self, but the problem I have with Face ID from I've never blo-
0: heard anybody say that about you. I mean, yeah, <laughs> God
2: damn it! Okay, all right. Well, so anyway, um, what what to, this is this is the thing: if when you're using VoiceOver with Face ID, you have to turn off the attention mode, i.e., a blind person can't look at the phone with their eyes open because they may not have no eyes or blah blah blah. Now, if you do that. The face ID is looking at your face and nothing else. It's not looking at the fact that you're looking at the phone. Exclamation mark. So when we did I did some testing on this, and if I'm sitting in a restaurant and I have attention turned off, my wife, friends, blah, 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 can pick up my phone, aim it at my face. It unlocks oh my phone, no. touch the screen to unlock it, and hey, presto, they've got access to my phone. Now, because I do a lot of beta testing and I do a lot of stuff with Apple, Microsoft, Amazon, Google and everything else, I have some quite interesting emails on my phone <clears throat> that I don't want people looking at. So for me, security is very, very big, So, which is why I said I don't really love the iPhone X because it's not the fact that I don't like the phone, I love the phone, but the fact that um, the Face ID is there... For person to get access to my iPhone 8, they have to physically grab my finger and stick it on the home button, and then unlock the phone that way. Um, and that sometimes, when the Face ID doesn't work, I've still got to tap my iPhone 10 out of my pocket, put the pin number in, and, and unlock it. So, to me, there's just continuing security and privacy issues for me personally about you know having that attention mode turned off when I'm a voiceover
1: user. Oh, that's bothersome. That, that bugs me. I know a lot of people
0: too, uh, blind and not, who like to access their phone while it's in their pocket. Maybe they're wearing AirPods or maybe they just want to answer. And you, you want to be able to touch the button with Touch ID and just have it start working. Yeah.
2: Well, that's why I can't understand why the Apple Watch can't be one of those, like an, like almost like an authorization dongle. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, okay, so you can say, you know, I don't want my watch unlocked with Face ID because I don't trust it. The only way I want to be able to unlock my iPhone is if I do something with my Apple Watch. Maybe I press the digital crown three times or maybe I do a circle motion on the screen or something that says, I have my phone on my, sorry, I have my phone on my wrist, I have my watch on my wrist. (laughs) I'm wearing it. It's unlocked. It knows it's me. I will now authorize my phone to be unlocked by simply just doing a gesture on my watch. Because, I mean, if you can do it with the Mac, if you can just rock up to your Mac and, you know, you've serialized your your watch to your Mac. I mean, I love the feature that I can unlock my Mac with my Apple Watch. I just can't see why you can't do it with your iPhone.
0: As, as far as getting new phones, are you guys uh, in the market? I, I know you want the hot blue, Micah, but I don't know whether you're actually going to get it.
1: In my heart, I want the hot blue, but... Uh, out, you know that's out the title loud. of the show now, don't you? <laughs> In my heart, I want the hot blue. Oh, my <laughs> lord. Um... So at, to add insult to injury for my week, uh, <laughs> after I, you know, had my ER fun, I <laughs> started to deal with some sort of upper respiratory thing that was kicking, kicking my tuchus. Um, And so I had been taking medicine, I was thinking that it was just sort of like a, a thing that I needed to beat on my own, like I wasn't gonna be able to use antibiotics to beat it, yada, yada, yada. So I uh, had some Theraflu, and they have daytime and nighttime varieties, right? Well, I was taking my daytime variety, and um, I was getting prepared for Friday morning at 2 a.m. Central, which is midnight Pacific, to do the pre-order for the iPhone. And I remember sort of like 1.30 or so, and I went back into the kitchen to just get some water. And I looked down and I hadn't thrown away the packet of the TheraFlu yet and I realized that I accidentally took the nighttime version. No! Um, So the the antihistamines were kicking around inside, trying to make me drowsy. And I legitimately, I got to a point where I was tired, very, very drowsy. And I was having this moment of like, you really don't like it. You really do wish that it was in hot blue. And also like your iPhone 10 is great. Why do you need to upgrade to the iPhone 10S Max? Man, sleep sounds really good right now. It was like if Theraflu had become embodied and was sitting on my shoulder. (laughs) I don't know if it's the angel or the devil, like, it depends on how you look at it. But whatever it was, it was like, just go to sleep. Um, and I almost did. I genuinely almost did. But I laid down. I was like, I wasn't trying to keep myself awake. I just laid down. And the time did roll around. And so I ordered a silver iPhone 10 S max uh, with 256 gigabytes storage.
0: Hmm. And you didn't get any sleep either. See?
1: And I didn't get any sleep. Although literally like, I don't know, minutes after I was done, I was conked because that stuff just like it came on. It was like time for bed now for sure. <laughs>
0: We're not playing around. Now that you've yes. used your credit card, you could go to sleep so, or, <laughs> yeah. your, or your Apple Payfinger, whichever. So do you feel like and the joke always is among those of us who, who pay attention to this stuff. We write about it. We podcast about it. Do you feel like you have to upgrade every year to do your job effectively?
1: Um, not so much anymore. Uh, the way that we work has, see, it's interesting because I think if I worked in an office, it would be even less of an issue. Like, no, we wouldn't, we could all just like share a work phone that has these Uh, options. But we all work from home all over the United States and elsewhere. And so oftentimes it is something that's necessary. But we've changed up the way we work a little bit to where there's always going to be someone who's available who we could say, hey, can you help me with X, Y, or Z and with the device that you have? And so it's not as hard to pull that off anymore. But I also do podcasts and things. And when I am doing that and I'm off the clock and that, you know, that whole deal, there may be times when I need to just know something about the iPhone 10s Max or iPhone 10s, what have you. And so, yeah, I, it's, it's sort of like if, the, if I could choose between like zero and 100 percent how much it's actually related to work, I'd put it at about like. Fifty percent. Honestly, it's not necessary. I could get a, get along without it, but I've been a, been doing the tech nerd thing of getting it every year already, and so I don't know if there, if there will come a time when I don't just go ahead and get the phone because I want to.
0: It's the thing. I do a iOS book every year and obviously with the 10 there were new gestures which i could find out on the internet and i didn't get that phone and even though there were some as as david mentioned some face id issues that were specifically related to accessibility and i addressed them based on what i had read and heard from other people and i asked people questions and i still felt like i covered the topic well enough but there is and then and then the fact that you these things are things you want. It's it's a really tough decision sometimes. And I'm also cheap, as I mentioned. It's, it's a really tough decision to, like, figure out what you need to get. You don't want to be behind. But at the same time, I mean, I, I honestly, like, the things in the 10s and the 10s Max are not things that are so appealing to me that I would get a phone regard, if I didn't have some sort of work-related reason to do it. And I honestly don't feel like these upgrades... Based on the book that I'm writing, and based on even on the podcast that I'm doing, the only time that I feel as if I really need to upgrade is maybe when I'm in certain Slack channels where people are like, "Well, did you get the 10s or the 10s Max?" <laughs> but I, it's it's just sort of a funny thing, and I and I often wonder, and I always want to ask people, are you just sort of sort of take it for granted that you're going to get the new one every year because that's what you do, and because it's fun to have the new one, and you sort of fe- would feel as if you we're behind the times. I mean, I, yes. I, I bought an oh. iPhone 8 last year and I, I said and meant the day I bought the iPhone 8, I had the third, it was a brand new phone. I had the third coolest iPhone you could get. The fir- third newest one. <laughs> and it was a brand new phone and it's still a fine phone and I like it very much. Uh, and I like the ten R. and uh, it's it. I was actually considering whether to move up to a Plus phone because we had a, 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 my mother was trying to, Pick between an SE and a 6s Plus, which sounds really weird, but she didn't know whether the big phone or the little phone was going to do her. So we had an old and a Plus phone, and I played around with it for about a week, and I kind of liked it. So for me, the 10R is kind of not a bad upgrade because I get a bigger phone. It's not going to be that much more expensive and I can have the red one. So it may happen, but I may get the watch instead. Anyway, how about David, do you have to do I, phone I, testing I do. for yes, I do. The work you do? I
2: do. Yeah, I do. So the, I'm, I'm in, well, the a couple of things, I mean, I'm seen as the main Apple person for Australia for blindness related stuff to do with any Apple product. So whatever the Apple brings out, David Woodbridge is supposed to have that product in his hot little hand the day it's released, apparently, which doesn't always happen. Um, so this time around, though, I'm not going to get an iPhone 10, whatever. Um, I'm in a good position where I can just ring up my um, contacts at Apple here in Australia and Sydney and just say, can I borrow a blah, blah, blah for four weeks? And then I normally then do my podcast, my blog, write up notes, share with clients, customers, all that sort of stuff. So... So that's what I'm going to do this time. So um, I'm already talking to Apple about getting a loan of all the three phones, um, the Series 4, and just writing up and doing a podcast in those basically four weeks. Um, And then maybe, I don't know, maybe next year I'll I'll convince myself that I really do need to have a real physical phone to play with myself personally all the time. Um, But for the moment, I, I won't be getting one, but um but it's interesting i mean the the thing that i'd like to tell my customers and listeners for my podcast too is the fact that you've got to remember that this is new hardware um the operating system still runs perfectly fine on other versions of the phone so if you've got an iphone 8 or sorry even the previous iphone 10 an iphone 8 an iphone 7 um ios 12 is going to run perfectly well if you've got a Series three upper watch and above uh, watch OS five is going to run perfectly well. So I don't think there's anything in the new hardware that stops any of the operating system features actually activating, except of course the the heart rate monitoring in in the Series four. But besides that, I don't think there's anything in the phone or the watch that stops you from using all the features in iOS twelve or watch OS five.
0: No, I mean, then there might be a few people with sevens or eights who want Face ID or mm. want, you know, something like that. Yeah. Uh, and so, who are making that leap to the? Yeah. T- I, it it does it does seem. I think Micah said it too, but it does seem like a difficult leap to go from the 10 straight to the 10s, mm. mm-hmm. for example. It does. So iOS 12. I mean, I I've been playing with the bait all summer, as I, as I guess you guys have, and I not only just in terms of what Apple intends, which is that it runs on phones that go quite a ways back but in terms of my own experience it's it's been great it's run perfectly well on an 8 which I would have expected but on that older phone that we had my husband has an SE as well so I've gotten to play with it on three different generations of phones and it's just it's it's felt good it's also just generally from my point of view been a fairly uh easy up easy uh easy beta process they've they've issued a lot of updates it seems like every other week there was a new one but the kinds of bugs that they were finding were not things that were crashing my phones did you guys have similar experiences
1: um yeah i honestly i thought that this has been very smooth um i've been experimenting with uh or you know playing around with mac os and everything as well and and I've I've not had too many issues. There was one beta where I kept having a restart happen, but this has been the smoothest one so far, for sure.
2: Not to mention that classic micro about the um, <clears throat> one of the beta cycles where it kept coming up every time you actually hit the home button and said,
1: "Oh yeah, there's an update." Yes, yeah. <laughs> there's an update available. There's an update available. Hey, did you know there's an update available? Oh, dear. yeah. Oops. That was pretty annoying. Well, mm. and
0: I had the beta on three devices, oh, so no. it was just. Like stop, please stop. But they did. <laughs> yeah, I had it it seemed iPad, like they did yeah. release a what is it ten or something. Ten up, I forget how many, but it was a lot.
1: Oh yeah, there were quite a few. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: David, what is what's your what were your thoughts about the beta? And have you done much with Braille? Because that's the one place I've he- heard where people have some issues with iOS 12.
2: Yeah. Look, I. I use Braille sort of on and off. I mean, the, the the Braille that I use is the is the Braille input. So I, you know, just use so you're your, not
0: connecting it to Braille displays.
2: No, not, not most time. I do testing for Braille displays, um, but it's purely testing. So when you're testing stuff, you don't cover all the ins and outs that people come across. Um, I mean, I've got access to a Focus Forty Blue, and I've got my Orbit Reader here from Vision Australia. But besides that, I don't do much, you know, complete general usage of Braille. So. I mean, I haven't come in in my testing stuff. I haven't come across any startling issues with Braille, but I haven't heard anybody whinging too much about it either. So I think it's been pretty stable.
0: Yeah, the screen input. I haven't heard anything about it at all. It's just, and I don't think there are any changes really.
2: No, no. I mean, I mean, to me, the thing about iOS twelve is that they were really looking on making the os a lot tighter a lot faster and more stable it's basically a maintenance release of the operating system so and i prefer to have a much more stable operating system than a brand new feature that's full of bugs or you know half half new features that are also full of bugs Uh, and to me ios 12 is really snappy i mean i've got a uh, what have i got here i've got two iphone 10s um an iphone 8 an iphone 7 three iPhone 6S's and one SE and I've tried them on all of them with iOS 12 and it's been absolutely fantastic. I've loved the speed and the it just feels like a, it's a lot snappier when you actually exit and then run in run into an app it's great.
0: Yeah same. Have either of you used screen time screen time, not screen time, which is a whole other <laughs> app. But... <laughs>
1: I had to give up scream time because I needed to preserve my voice. It was therapeutic for a while, but then it yeah. the starts to hurt, you know? Yeah, so, like, yeah. My, my doctor prescribed me scream time. Um, <laughs> no, Screen Time, oh boy, it's judgy, but I like it. I think that it's uh it's a good feature. The only thing was If you were running the betas, you had to keep going in and turning it back on for every new beta, and I forgot after a while. But while I was using it and going in and checking it, I enjoyed it. I never set up anything that would completely block me out from stuff because I – I don't know. I find that a little off-putting, and I would just rather – It kind of makes me feel it kind of makes me feel bad about myself if I do that. Like, I'm not saying that anyone else should feel bad about themselves if they do it. But for me, like, I want to believe that I can control that without having to have something tell me to. And one place where I it's a similar feature to screen time in terms of it just sort of saying, hey, I'm not going to let you. I love do not disturb while driving. I think that's a fantastic feature. I think everybody should give it a shot. Um, it's it's great, but yeah, not not quite screen time. But yeah, I sort of used screen time passively, and I certainly learned some interesting things about myself that I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> How about you, David? Um, look, screen time. Yeah, I did the same thing that
2: Micah does. I, I have it sort of a very low usage level. I I, I don't want to be told that I'll get, I'll get blocked out from using apps because I use my iPhone from the time I get up, the time I go to bed. It's in my pocket and I use it all the time. So. I'd like to go back and see what I've been doing during the day, and yes, I have found out that I probably do overuse a few apps here and there, so um, I'm probably going to have to actually modify my behavior, but then again, probably not. Um, The really thing that stood out for me about iOS 12 was that because I do Skype and Zoom and God knows what else on the phone, I get so sick and tired of notifications and finally, Apple's got notifications via group. So I can actually look do mm-hmm. or skip past a whole group of notifications now rather than having to do very individual ones. Um, so to me, that was actually really great. So for me, probably the real thing about iOS 12 was just the the fact that the notifications just has made my life so much easier now.
0: Yeah, screen time, the only thing I did in terms of restrictions was I, I gave myself time out, allegedly to sleep between, you know, 10, and 6, 10 p.m. and 6 a.m., and what happens, though, is I have a little bit of insomnia, and I don't usually sit up to play with my phone, but I'll turn on a podcast because some podcasts, none that you gentlemen are on, but some podcasts have the ability to make me go to sleep. <laughs> uh, but then I have to tell the phone, no, really, I mean it. Please let me in. And then you go in, and then later on you go back to it, and the podcast overcast has decided that you've been in there enough, and it you have to press it again. So that's kind of annoying. The other thing I discovered because I was teaching myself to use the uh, Ferrite editing audio editing tool on the iPad, I hadn't ever oh, really yeah. done it. And I discovered that I spent six and a half hours on it on Saturday. I didn't realize I was doing it quite that long. <laughs> The only reason that I would engage restrictions of specific apps was, is for, for testing. The way it aggregates the categories of apps I use, it makes me sound much more upright and, and uh, smart than I am because they all say, like, education, productivity, reference. You know, it's like, cool. Well, as long as every app that I'm using, I think social networking gets in there, too. But, but mostly I'm reading and education and stuff. So yeah, I can feel good about myself.
1: I wonder does the does the scream time podcast uh help you fall asleep? <laughs>
0: That's a good question. Yes, is. Try that one. Was there anything at the keynote that you, you wished you'd seen, other than either picking up the page yes, or yes, 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 room? yes, Airpad, Airpad, Airpad airpad. I want. David's my, I want my... bouncing up and down. His hand is in the I air. I want my
2: Airpad I want my wireless charger for my Apple oh, Watch and my phone. Oh, AirPower. Yeah, sorry, AirPower. So not yeah, AirPad Sorry, I yeah. keep saying AirPad, Sorry. Yeah, I want my AirPower thing. I want. I want. It's, it
1: seems to have gone. I, I want it back. I don't know where they've put it, but I want it back. They really want you to forget. I don't, but don't they do. You're not going to forget. You're going to be the hero that we all need. I am. Keep Apple on. I'm going to keep whinging all the time. Yes.
0: <sighs> it's that Australian guy again. That's Let's it. get
1: in there, <laughs> Pat. Right. And we we'll call it
0: the cool. air pad. It'll make him yeah. happy. That's right. yeah.
1: You're a whole day ahead. So I like, am. F- I'm in the future. Yeah, like, keep him on the I'm in yeah, the future. When it comes out, let
0: us know. We'll That's you. it. I will.
1: I love it. I do want the air power too. I was not a big believer in. Wireless. Well, and I I still have to put scare quotes around wireless because it's not wireless charging. Uh, Inductive charging. I was not a big believer in it before. And then once I got it, (laughs) I thought it was pretty great. And I use it. I've got wireless charging pads all over the house and i think it's great and i think air power will be awesome especially with how it's supposed to work between all those different devices and it seems that's what's sort of causing the 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 issue a little bit um i think in terms of what else i would have liked to see uh I wouldn't have mind seeing iPads at this event, and then maybe the Macs would have just been a press release. Um, but I don't think that Apple wants to do a press release for the Macs because they keep insisting that they care about the Mac. And if they just did a press release, then every nerd ever would be complaining everywhere right. <laughs> that they no, don't care No, really. About the
0: Mac. We love it. <laughs> the press release proves that we love it. <laughs> <laughs> so October iPad maybe slash Mac event, you think? I
1: think I think so. I I. I I don't want to make that claim, and I, I don't know. I, I don't want to make that claim for sure, but I think so. I think we, yeah. we've we got to see uh, those things at some point before the holiday season really kicks in.
0: David, I think I might know the answer to this question, but there wasn't anything really specific to do with accessibility in the keynotes, as there often isn't, but every once in a while there's something that makes you think. And we talked a little bit about the health stuff and the Apple Watch, but is there anything that you wish you had seen in terms of Incidental accessibility benefits or direct ones? Um,
2: probably not really. No, I mean there no. I mean Apple. I think sometimes Apple sort of gets a general feature and then expands it out to accessibility. And I think I think you're pulling a bit of a long bow here, guys. I don't quite know how that's actually stamped as accessibility. So there was nothing in the watch. I mean the the watch to me. I mean the fall prevention. You could quite fall detection. You could quite easily say that's a bit of an accessibility sure. thing. Um, and so it's the heart one as well. But as far as the phone goes, no, not really. Although I, I did get very excited about the HomePod because for the longest time, the reason why I've got a Google Home and an Amazon Echo in my kitchen is because they do multiple timers. And of course, as we know, Siri doesn't. So when they did, a, um, did the HomePod, you know the quick update to the home pod, which took about thirty seconds. Um, he did mention multiple times, and I, I just yelled out a big hurrah for that one. That was actually very good and actually wake up my children. Um, so that was pretty exciting. Um, and then the other one, I, I think that I probably would have wanted to hear because they, I think they spent about, I think it was ten words. They said, "Oh, and by the way, uh, the next version of the Mac operating system is coming out in whatever it was, one or two weeks time." And my most favorite computer that I use all the time to do my podcasting and everything else on is my Mac. And I just, I just wish Apple would give the Mac a little bit more love because it, it keeps getting sidetracked a lot. And I, I still want to update my little Mac Mini from 2012 because it's feeling very sad and, and, and not loved anymore. So I, I'd love to see a new, new, a new Mac Mini reappear on the market at some stage.
0: I don't think you're alone in that. I think a lot of people would like a, a new Mac Mini. Of some kind. I I still, well, I don't think I'm going to get what I want. I I would still like a MacBook Pro that... Was of like, you know, I, I'm one of those who recalls the glory days of the... I, I have a, both a 2013 and a 2015 MacBook Pro. They're physically the same. They have the same ports. Sometimes I stack them on top of each other because one is my personal machine and one is my work machine, and so I just switch uh, peripherals. Uh, and I was like, could I just have a third one? I'd love a 2018 one just to stack on top with fast <laughs> <laughs> But I cannot have that. Again, Apple's not giving me what I want. No, and, and look, I must
2: admit, my most favorite Mac is my Mac... Uh, mac air 2013 because my new MacBook pro with touch bar from last year i don't like the flat keyboard and i miss my function Shame. keys um yeah. i mean i it was a, I, I laughed out loud when phil schiller said you know oh the only people that use function keys are people that use 3270 op mainframe machines and they've been a, they've been gone for a long long time and i thought Mate, most blind people use function keys and shortcut keys all the time, so I don't know what planet you live on. So, um, yes, yeah, so <laughs> I really do miss my. I want my. I'd love a new MacBook Pro maybe next year, but I want it with function keys still.
0: Yeah, there, there are a lot of people who use function keys, whether they have vision or not. You can. I mean, keyboard shortcuts make your. If you're trying to do any sort of productive work that is repetitive in any way, keyboard shortcuts all the way. Got to have them. So. Uh, well, gentlemen, uh, we have come close to the end of another parallel. Thank you so much for being on the show. But before we go, I uh, like to do my little one more thing segment, and uh, it, I try to make it whimsical. And we'll just see how we do with that this time around. And so, my one more thing question to each of you is: uh, You uh, have been given the keys to the Steve Jobs Theater, and in fact, you are—you've locked in all the people who were at the <laughs> app, keynote. You have custody of the live stream; they have to stay. And they can't be on their phones. Uh, and you have, uh, well, I said, I think I said an hour. Let's give you half an hour. There's less pressure. However much time you need. But you have the time that you need. You have all the, uh, the, the you can use Keynote. You can use all of the uh, Macs, all the devices that they have up on stage. You can uh, have uh, special videos commissioned, if you wish, described, of course. Uh, you can have Johnny Ive narrate a video <laughs> in which he says aluminum. Uh, you can yes. have whatever you want. Uh, and my question is, on what topic would you publish? pontificate during your Steve Jobs addri- Steve Jobs theater address.
1: Who's going first? You are, because you said who's going first.
0: <laughs> wow. You thought of that one, didn't you? <laughs> yeah.
1: I've been really happy with the fact that uh, Apple under Tim Cook is a little bit more vocal about things that are going on in the world, um, important things that are happening in the world, and Apple's place in those And even when Apple's place is not in those uh, sort of putting those things forth. And so I think I would start by um, announcing another new pride band. Um, They've been doing the pride bands for a little bit and every, they started it with the first one a little bit after it was announced. Uh, Every time you buy one, they a portion of the proceeds goes to LGBTQ plus advocacy groups. Um, But because I'm selfish I would love to have a pride band in pink, purple, and blue. Uh, I'm bisexual and that is the, the, you know, the colors of the, the bisexual flag. And I've just been really wanting a pink, purple, and blue, uh, pride band. And so I would introduce like a collection of, of different bands. So I know it was just like to do an announcement and not products, but that's how I'd spend the first part. And then the rest <laughs> of the time that they would give me, I would explain my theory on how mops are a conspiracy <laughs> that mops don't actually clean anything. And we've all just decided as a, as human beings to say, Oh yeah, this is totally doing something. And so we all just sort of nod our heads and, and keep mopping. But really mops are just a conspiracy that we all have agreed to be okay with. And mops, I don't think they're actually cleaning anything. You're just putting dirty water back onto the floor. It doesn't make any sense at all. I would have all of the, like, Apple's research facilities to test for bacteria, and we would finally eradicate Big Mop, and I would be thrilled.
0: (laughs) Preach, brother. I thought maybe the Pride (laughs) Band would be an actual band
1: with instruments and musicians. Oh, wow. Well, maybe there would be a fun (laughs) band playing. (laughs) Because I want
0: to dance to that. (laughs) (laughs) All right, David. Now that you now you are in control, Micah has taken his mop and he's gone away, and you are in control of the theater.
2: Okay, I would I would probably so uh, what I would probably do is I'd probably say to people, look, you know, if you were if you had to go back into your drawer and look at your drawers in your house, so I, I this would be like a uh, I want you to look at your domestic living living, and I want you to think about your house. Uh, And I want you to go to your junk drawer and I want you to work out how many smartphones or feature phones you've collected over the last, um, you know, 10 to 15 years. Um, And then I want you to try and think out why you need to buy a new iPhone. So we've just presented the fact that you've had, you know, we've just given you a new Apple Watch and an iPhone. But I want you to really think about the fact that you actually don't need it because I can guarantee that um, you've got 20, 20 or 30 other phones at home, which are perfectly fine and reasonable to use. Um, so you don't need them, so th- this would be in my response to um what's her name Lisa, whatever her last name is um to do with the, yeah the environmental thing yeah so yeah. so rather than rather than recycling phones to begin with, if we stop using the, f- the new phones altogether, then we wouldn't have to recycle them because you'd be using your old ones. so that'll be my first section on um how to save the planet Actually, don't buy new phones, use your old ones um and then and then the second part of would be. I think lots of times we get um, too, too, if you like, focused on using the features in the new phone. So you've got you, you can do this and that. The other thing with it, I'd sort of like to have a bit of a um, a, a solutions based chit chat about some of the things that you can do with your existing hardware and software. Um, that sort of you know, if you want to do gardening or you wanted to do. And um, clean the car or whatever actually you might want to do you could actually have different apps running that would actually demonstrate that and you could have people come in and, and do a little demo so I'd like to make that last 15 minutes an absolute freaking waste of time because um, Apple's just wasted my time by watching all their blasted videos and their features so I would like to make the last 15 minutes as boring as possible and I'd, I'd be having a bet with myself to see how many people would run out that door <clears throat> as soon as I finish my 30 minutes
0: <laughs> so, <laughs> We're not going to let them out. We're no. Them well, maybe. No, I'm going to say you have <laughs> to You're stay. Out?
2: That's it. All so right. I'll, I'll let them out, but I, I, I want to have a bit of a test to see how fast that theatre can clear after the 30 <laughs> minutes is up. So if it's clear, we in about two minutes, I've done my job because it's just, yeah, I mean, like I said at the beginning, that was the, probably the, one of the most boring, lengthy, padded keynotes that I've heard for a long, long time. And I've started doing this when, since they started. So. Um, so the first bit of my thing would be, a, you know, a, a bit more serious about trying to save the environment. But the, the last 15 minutes would be, I'm going to see how boring I can really make this by just talking about solutions and getting so down in nitty gritty, uh, and have lots of app developers talk about their apps. Um, I know I've only got 15 minutes. Maybe I might spread it out to maybe four hours. Um, <laughs> Whoa! And say, oh, dear. and say, and and we've got one more thing. And hang on a minute, we've got one more thing. Oh, oh, and we've got, we've got three developers. It's now. a really
0: long thing. That's it. It's several hours.
2: That's it. We've got three developers to now to give you the ins and outs of this, you know, how to make sure that your, your tomato plants are growing in your back room, but that's not all. We've also got one more thing. And while I'm at it and just keep going on and on and not, and not tell people when you're going to finish. I mean, that to me would be the absolutely lovely way to actually do a keynote following up from the real one.
0: I, I hadn't planned to do a two parter, but I think I will. I've just thought fast and I've decided that I'm going to match you. Uh, Uh, So my first part is I'm going to get – I haven't decided whether to do demos or actual product reviews, but I'm going to get a couple of products that are specific to accessibility. Maybe they'll be Braille displays. Maybe they'll be uh, glasses for low-vision folk. There'll be a couple of – the kind of products that we see at the CSUN conference, which is specific to accessibility technology. And I'm going to bring them up on stage, and I'm either going to, as I say – have them uh, demoed and described in detail in terms of their compatibility with with Apple products, but just on their own. Or I'm going to have a shootout and I'm going to do a hard-hitting review. There will be no inspiring, awesome, isn't it great that blind people can do, blah, blah, blah. We're actually going to take the products and we're going to treat them as Ooh. if they were hard drives or charging mats or uh, AirPods yeah. or phones, and we're going to evaluate them live on stage and uh, yeah, that's going to be super fun. And uh, so I'm going to probably going to need one that or two people so to help fun. me out with that. We'll have some sort of dueling, you know, product reviewers say no, this is better, no, that's better. And then the next thing I'm going to do, because I'm a political nerd, is I'm going to use the power of Apple Maps and visualization, and I'm going to give a fascinating uh, but alarming lecture about the dangers of political gerrymandering. I don't know if David, if you know the term. Gerrymandering, if that is an Australian thing at all, but uh, basically it's when political maps are drawn in such a way that they favor usually one political party, often one uh, race or ethnicity of people, but the idea is that you make it difficult for people to it's have awful. representation that they should have, even though because they are in different districts than their neighbors. <laughs> I and, love it. Uh, it's a scourge, and I'm going to use the power of Apple Maps to talk about it until people are bored, silly. <laughs> Um, so let me give you guys the chance to plug all the things that you do on the internet. David might go on for four hours. I don't know. But so so let's start with you, Micah. Where can people find you on the internet and
1: read and hear the things you do? Yeah, the best way to get in touch with me or or you know see what I'm up to uh, is just uh, I know uh, it, it might be going away and we might be switching to Mastodon, but literally <laughs> on pretty much any social site you can find me at Micah Sargent, um, and that includes Twitter. But if you're looking for the things I do. You can find links to the work that I do at iMore. You can find all the different podcasts that I do and all of that at a fun site called Chihuahua.coffee. That's C-H-I-H-U-A-H-U-A.coffee.
0: I I appreciate your spelling that.
1: Yeah, people don't – the the Chihuahua is the hard part. It's not the coffee. Thank goodness. I know how to spell (laughs) it.
0: David, how about you? Where can people
1: find you? All
2: right, statement? so basically my, most of the time I spend on, or quite a lot of time I spend on Twitter, so it's just at D Woodbridge on Twitter. Um, I also do my, uh, my own personal podcast called IC, uh, Technology from a Blind Person's Perspective, um, and if you just search in iTunes for David Woodbridge, you'll find me anyway or any pod-catching application. I also do a radio program once a week on Vision Australia Radio called Talking Tech, where I try and talk about general tech but from a perspective of accessibility so that's that there as well and that's also available on itunes and speaking of twitter my phone's just started talking to me on twitter um and my blog um is basically davidwoodbridge.blogspot.com.au but um literally that's um that's the main thing for me is just on t- itunes at David Woodbridge and at D Woodbridge on twitter
0: excellent If you want to listen to episodes of this podcast, if somehow you are not subscribed, please go to Relay.fm slash Parallel. You can follow the show on Twitter at Parallel Pods, all one word, or you can follow me on Twitter at Shelly, S-H-E-L-L-Y. I also got that on Mastodon, but I'm never sure how to tell people where to find me on Mastodon because instances and things. Uh, In any case, uh, we'll be back in a couple of weeks with another episode that I haven't booked yet. So until then... (laughs)